You are listening to Down Home. This week, Jay and I have a conversation with Joshua Watkins, a renowned spoken word poet. In this wide-ranging conversation, we discuss community, family, and inspiration. Also known as Scribe, this talented young man through spoken word poetry and hip-hop has taken thousands into his world to experience it as he does. The Scarborough-born poet has performed on stages across Canada, appearing on CBC, and has opened for the legendary hip-hop band, The Roots. Welcome to Down Home, the Nova Scotian experience from two black men. I'm Derek Wise, and as always, we have Jay Jones. What's happening, y'all? And our conversation this week is with Joshua Watkiss, a.k.a. Scribe. Hey, hey, how's everybody doing? Good, good, man. How you doing? Thanks for giving us your time this week. It's, uh, it's I'm, awesome. I'm grateful to be here. I'm doing well. I just got back from vacation with my family, so... Ah. That's um, great. So you're relaxed, man. You're relaxed. <laughs> as much as you can be with a toddler. <laughs> yes, that's true. But you do look, look do look pretty chill right at the moment. So that's good. Yeah, man. <laughs> sun did me, sun did me nice. Nice. Awesome. Well, that's good. Where did you go? Uh we went to the Dominican Republic. Oh, oh nice. We're yeah. actually we're actually heading there in a couple weeks ourselves, actually. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Guys we just trip- had a hurricane, but it's gorgeous. Yeah, everything's fixed up, huh? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, we're uh, four of us are going. Uh, it's going to be the old men gone wild there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bring. I'm bringing a cane. <laughs> oh, All right. All right. So yeah, let's jump into it, man. Um, so you you kind of grew up in the the Scarborough area. Is there- uh, yeah. G- tell us what the sense of community was growing up in in Scarborough. Uh, it was special, man. It was special. And I think Scarborough's, to give a little context, it's the, the biggest area in Toronto. It's the, it has the, the largest geographical makeup, and the cultures that are interdispersed there um, are probably the most diverse in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a the city is pretty segregated uh, by by culture and community, but Scarborough in particular has such an overlap. Of, of different people i actually wrote about it um specifically the the street i grew up on mm-hmm. i grew up in asian court which is a predominantly uh, east asian area like very mm-hmm. chinese korean um, but the the beauty of my neighborhood was that on my street we had i believe six jamaican families wow wow yeah yeah six jamaican families all living the the stretch of the street and so we were all around and together and uh, mm-hmm. the the parents uh, and looking back now, I kind of I understand it better. But they all kind of made peace offerings to each other to make sure that down the street, all the kids were kind of protected and yeah. looked after once that was there. Mm-hmm. Um, you mind if I share that with you? Yeah, sure. Not at all. Definitely. Yeah, it was five families. Uh, my street in the east had five black Jamaican families. 
each with two kids apiece, three married couples and two single moms. My street in the East had me moving like big bro to kids. I didn't really know like that until I did. The first week we moved in, my mama preed the first of these, sent me down the road with a jar of strawberry jam and my crooked teeth told me, give this to that lady. Even back then, I knew this was more than generosity or a gesture of peace, but an older me can translate. Picture a different world through the small act of faith, the jar of jam in the hands of a firstborn son said, here is my life and a transparent gift, both of them sweet, precious to me. And you know that I know that a single pair of eyes can only see so far down the street. Our kids might end up friends. So should we. It takes a village to raise a child. Maybe this could be the way we meet needs. Touch base, be kind, build community. Mm-hmm. True. That's yeah. very rich, man. It's very rich, and and that that sense of community. Uh, you know, both me and Jay can can uh, relate. Like the 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 neighborhood that I grew up in, it was that type of neighborhood where if I was playing down the street, and my grandmother, you know, was looking for me. Someone, someone will see me go by and say, "Hey, Derek, your grandmother's <laughs> looking for you." Yeah, yeah. So that that's special, and that you know, growing up with that, that's that's very rich, man. That's very rich. Yeah, you did yeah. feel protected too. Like someone hit some, you know, not only your parents, your family, but the other the other people were really watching your back. It was, you know, now looking mm-hmm. back, like you say, you like, wow, that was actually a really cool thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can lean. Uh, you can lean on the people around you. Like I know even the kids, like if one of our parents or if both of our parents were home, uh, my mom, my mom was just my mom, but she knew that if any of the other kids were, were going through or their parents were working late or whatever it was, like they could come by us. Yeah. Uh, and I was nine, 10, I was there till I was 15, but that mm-hmm. gave me the ability to look after a whole bunch of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that weren't just my weren't just me and my brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, yeah, that's, that, uh, that extended community family, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's important. It shapes people. It shapes identities. It shapes who you are growing and what you know the personality that you carry into as as you climb the sort of your own social, you know, altitudes. You know, true, mm-hmm. true. Now, now that um, You've seen some changes to that community as well as Toronto as a whole as you've grown, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you think that sense of community has changed since you've uh, become a man? Up and down, yeah. I think I'm I'm turning thirty next year, and the the difference in children's childhoods, I think it varies by neighborhood and by community, right? I know mm-hmm. on that street now. I don't think more than two of the families that live there have stayed since. Right. Um, and so people, obviously, like there's some upward mobility financially, um, but different neighborhoods do different things. I think, I know poor people know how to stick together mm. uh, and they try their best to. But I also think the city has gotten more and more individualized as gentrification has happened. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because some people leave to you know preserve themselves and to avoid the dangers of a neighborhood um and then some people stay because they don't want to lose their their community but it's spread further and further thin mm-hmm. uh, i don't know like i live in a i live in a in a condo and i don't know my neighbors like that mm. yeah. and that wasn't 
always the case, depending on which neighborhood I lived in. Um, but I know all, I knew the names of my neighbors in Rexdale when my family moved out to Rexdale. I knew the names of like seven, eight different families down the road when I lived in Scarborough. Mm -hmm. um, and so that sense of like intricate community isn't there. And even the duration of friendships is different. Mm -hmm. I think two, two of the families that lived on that street, um, one of them, the Jamaican family that were, that we had ties. Um, my stepfather was friends with my, my friend who lived down the street's dad. And that went back well before my mom had ever known him. Uh, they were at my wedding. Mm -hmm. And then uh, my friend who lived across the street, who was Tamil, was one of my groomsmen. Mm -hmm. And we, haven't lived, we hadn't lived in the same area in over a decade. Right. Yeah. We hadn't seen each other on a regular basis in over a decade. I don't think that happens with kids in the same way anymore, yeah. unless their parents grew up with those values. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that changing sense of community has added to... Like there's a, there's a little bit of increase in violence in certain areas, and and there were there was a a shooting, a, a horrible shooting in Scarborough mm -hmm. recently uh, outside of a school. Do you think that changing sense of community has added to the 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 increase in violence? I don't ever want to say that like it's the the shift, but it might I, maybe yes, maybe yes. I think when you put a community under strain long enough, more pressure builds up. I think that's mm -hmm. how I want to, I want to try and view it. And so, you know, we, we talk about um, incarceration and the rates of incarceration in a community. And the more that happens, the less role models you have around. Yeah. Um, we talk about, you know, if someone's got to work, you know, 60 hours to 80 hours to keep food on the table and pay rent, because the the prices are astronomically higher yes. you're not having people as grounded in the youth and taking care of the kids mm -hmm. and mentoring them yeah. and so the more time goes by with kids having to live with the realities of those pressures and not being taken care of by the city mm -hmm. at large not being not having the same access to programs not having the same access to to health and work and relative safety where are they going to go but to the things yeah. that make them feel most protected and so yeah. like the 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 kids are left out majorly yeah uh, and when you james baldwin said it like the work we do isn't for the adult we do it for the kid yeah because mm -hmm. the kid's the one that needs to be safe and if the kids aren't safe then nobody's safe yeah yeah and if and if they don't have that that stability to take it and pass on to the next generations. That's where some things sometimes fail because, mm -hmm. you know, life is such a melting pot in these communities, in these neighborhoods. And, you know, you find people sometimes probably, as you said, like the children probably gravitating to places where they are seen and it might not be the best place that they're, yeah. they're in, but they can be seen and, seen. and felt. Yeah. 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 These are, I think these are issues that are, are prevalent in every neighborhood across Canada and especially neighborhoods that are predominantly people of color. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I re I really do think that. And it's, it's, uh, I think it's affected um, Halifax and yeah. it's affected a lot of neighborhoods in Toronto as well. Like it, it um, just a little side note about that. When we grew up in Halifax, there wasn't a lot of violence, like, like extreme violence, like gun violence and beatings mm. and stuff like that. 
I remember going back uh, when, when me and Jay, I was, I was telling you, Joshua, that we, me and Jay met up in Toronto around 2000. Yeah. yeah. And first thing I did was to go back home and visit my, my, my family there, my mother. And I remember sitting in the house and thinking, I'm going to go up the street, go for a walk. Up. And it was like 10 o'clock at night. My mother said, you shouldn't be walking with her by yourself. And I said, this is something that I did all through growing up, right? Totally. And, yep. and, and she was like, no, you shouldn't be going out there by yourself. There's been a, a rash of uh, swarmings, mm -hmm. like people that are walking on their own getting beaten. Yeah, yeah. that's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an issue, man. It's an issue. It's something that we have to talk about and address, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Very mm -hmm. much so. Yeah, it definitely. Wow. Good point, D. Um, now, Joshua, like for me and D, like hip hop was uh, hip hop was the boom bap for us. And it was uh, the soundtrack of our lives. And it inspired me in many ways um, as far as expressing myself uh, in my own personal way. I know it I know it, um, it uh, helped D as well. And it also helped me evolve as, as you know, I do poetry as well. And, you know, mm -hmm. it just made me sort of hone on that to find my way how to express things. And uh, can you relate to that? Like, did that help you as a poet hearing this music and hearing this way that people could express themselves with what was going on in the world today? I mean, I really grabbed on to, to that. I mean, I wasn't really immediately in that environment that some of the hip hop people were talking about back then, mostly the States, but uh, in some ways I could relate. And it was just the way of like, Holy, they're talking about what they're seeing. And I could relate mm. to that. What about, what about you? Mm. It was, it was different for me. Mm -hmm. I think I grew up, uh, I grew up listening to my folks music mm. and my parents did not, my parents still don't like hip hop. <laughs> my 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 dad my dad a little bit more so enjoys it or at least enjoyed the old stuff um he was with me in in dominican and he was talking about his first concert was run dmc wow. in Toronto. he was 14 yeah that's crazy he was 14 um and it was their first world tour we we figured it out i was there with some mm -hmm. with some friends but i started listening to rap when i was or at least intentionally listening to rap on purpose when i was like 11 Mm -hmm. uh, and it was it was a stream of consciousness for me I think kind of the same thing like there was realities in the music that I hadn't heard in the same way in disco and in in gospel and in mm -hmm. uh in the soul that my my dad played around the house uh and then my mom my mom listened to to soft rock and country music so there was something that there was a there was a realness in it that for me, like growing up in the neighborhoods that I grew up in, it it spoke to me a lot differently to hear someone yeah. speaking on realities. Mm -hmm. um, but I also grew up Jamaican, and my family were were dub poets and playwrights, okay. and so I always kind of grew up around poetry. So I started rapping at fourteen, mm -hmm. um, writing my own raps. Shout out to DJ Khaled and the We Taking Over beat. Uh, <laughs> that was the first beat I ever rapped over. Rocked it. Um, yeah, it was a good time, but that that for me became a mode of expression too of like just saying real actually it didn't start out real i was flossing about riding a bike but like this <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was talking about chicken <laughs> yeah. but it was it was it was real in that like i finally found something that allowed me to express myself mm -hmm. uh, it was a voice that people couldn't couldn't take from me or steal from me yeah and that uh that was the most important thing i think you grow up 
um, Jamaican culture, children are usually to be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I grew up very much in that principle. Yeah. <laughs> and hip hop was a voice for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then spoken word kind of came a couple of years later because I was broken. I didn't have money to record or get a mic or yeah. get producers. So I, I was able to figure out my words and practice raps, but then also practice sharing some truths mm-hmm. uh, through poetry. Right. So, yeah, like, uh, but what was that moment like within you that made you like, just despite money, but like, Mm. um, like, what was it inside that was like, that made you go, man, I I need to do this. Like that point Mm. of vulnerability, that point of vulnerability, vulnerability is power, right? And you can, yeah. but what was that moment where you're like, this is it, this is where I need to stand up and do my thing, regardless of what it, you know. What it, what the impacts are and yeah, all exactly. of that. Um, yeah. I think I was older then. Right. Uh, so I'd been doing it for a few years. I was able to use whatever talent I had. Um, I think, cliche as this is going to sound, it was a breakup. <laughs> Oh, really? I was, yeah, I was, I was in college, uh, and had like my first real, I was young. Now I look mm-hmm. back, I was 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had been using it as an outlet for a while. You were scribe's young daughter joined this, uh, at this point. So you'll hear him talking to her and you'll hear her in the background. Me to kind of write down my feelings, processing that mm-hmm. I already wanted to, to chase art. I had already wanted to do that. Right. Um, but that was when I realized that like I, uh, I had an ability that was better kept uh, out than in. Right, and it that's was, true. Yeah, and sharing my work became much more important to me mm-hmm. after writing that poem and realizing that I had more to say. And you mentioned you had the foundation of your family being dub poets and everything like that. That's that mm-hmm. that plays a big thing too. Once you see it, right? And absolutely, uh, you know, and then you and then you begin to feel it once you see something on a regular basis. Uh, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. and I I've been privy to see you perform, and you're really good at it, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's yeah. Years of work. It's okay that you don't hear anybody, baby. They're in my headphones. <laughs> you want to hear them? Okay, I'll turn up my headphones. All right. You can come close and listen. There you go. Hi. 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 Hey. (laughs) And now, uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what you got going on with uh, Word is Bond? Word is Bond is essentially just everything that I can bring to the table as an artist. I got you over my face. Yes, you do. You do. You do. Yes, you do, big girl. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's, that's the best face. way to eat. That's the best way to eat yogurt. I said that's the best way to eat yogurt. Yep, that's how Derek um, eats yogurt. Are <laughs> 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 they laughing? because they think you're funny. Yes. Yeah. Are you a comedian? Yeah, that's all. The word is bond is is really me trying to stick to the code I grew up on, and that's. Um, your your word is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I teach that uh, through spoken word and arts education. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the main methodology of Word is Bond. It's mm-hmm. me being able to help um, teach other people, not just to listen to my story and to hear other people's stories, but to say, to tell their story and their words out loud. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of the power of the spoken word, of poetry, of rap. It's this ability to to take who you are, take your experiences, take everything you've been through 
yeah. and narrate your story for yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people choose choose silence. And the problem with silence is that like you can you can start off wanting to keep things to yourself for good reason, um, to protect yourself throughout mm-hmm. all of that. But anything, anything that you don't release, um, hope said it, you can't heal what you don't reveal. Yeah. But, true. Uh, and it can eat away at you too, you know? Yeah. Yep. And take roots and have different oh, patterns. Mm-hmm. More yogurt? Yeah. All right. Daddy can take you to get more yogurt in just a minute, okay? <laughs> um, that's kind of the basis of, of everything. I want people to have the ability to tell their own story and say their own piece. Mm-hmm. I'll scoop some up for you. And um, that changed everything for me. Once I realized that saying what I needed to say gave me power mm-hmm. over my own story, no one yeah. can use it against me. Yeah. No one can use my identity against me. No one can use my health against me. Mm. Um, I had the power to say what I needed to say, and I could mm. teach other people how to do that. How to do yeah. That. yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's important work, man. It's important work. Yeah. Expression, expression is pivotal, is pivotal, is pivotal to people sometimes, you know, I mean, not always, not everyone wants to be out there, you know, doing that and uh, they have their own ways to deal with things. But uh, I notice people who do are, are spoken word artists, it's, uh, or anyone who just expresses himself, you can just see that extension of who they really, really are. It's a really cool thing to experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even even for um, I tell my students this all the time when I'm in classrooms, it's I don't care if you never do this in front of a group of people again, but if you can write it down for yourself mm-hmm. and say it in front of a mirror out loud, mm-hmm. that is all the power you need. Yep. I yep. am a winner. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Sometimes you just got to let it out. And uh, for you to be leading people in that direction is really good because you know some like you say sometimes people can be quiet and uh and and they might be afraid fear is a big thing but uh to create safe spaces for people to be able to express themselves is a really important thing without without judgment yeah yeah that's awesome uh scribe thank you very much man for uh your time during this episode, do you have anything else you want to kind of add and put out there before, before we let you go? Uh, I think the only thing I can think of as my daughter is doing the, the one, two step across my lap uh, <laughs> is, you know what? It'll be, it'll be two step. Uh, I just released a book since you're here, since you're yeah. here, Bubba, uh, <laughs> I just released a book um, of letters to my daughter uh, really? to the country of Canada. Yeah. Oh, it's wow. called Black Blossom Harsh North. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Black Blossom Harsh North. It's 14 letters to her um, about navigating Canadian anti-blackness. I wanted to write them down before my time came because you never know with this country. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to to write it down and share the things I wanted her to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I expect her to to grow up and be taught about certain key elements of history that's what i intend to do i intend to teach her throughout her whole life yeah um but there are certain things i felt like if i don't say anything to you these are the things i want you to know and so i wrote them down uh and then my stepfather taught me just before she was born um you can teach kids to fight racism like how to combat racism and survive racism all you want but if you don't address the institutions mm-hmm. and disarm them yeah before the kids have to fight them, then you've only done about 30% of the battle. Yeah. And so I wrote seven letters to to Canada and its institutions 
um, hoping to address Canadian, specifically Canadian anti-black racism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's and so true. I just put that out. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's, that's such a good thing. And just the subject matter, like the, all this systemic and institutional kind of stuff that uh, we need an army to sort of talk about this and 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 face it, you know, because yeah. that's the deep shit that gets hidden, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we we would like to have you back to actually talk about that specifically. Actually, man. Yeah. Be up for that. I would love that. Yeah, yeah, because um, this is the basis of uh, of the Down Home podcast is to mm-hmm. to have these discussions that um, unfortunately a lot of people in Canada are not having. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, as it's designed by system. So I would love that. I would love that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Okay, well we'll hold you to it. We'll hold you to it, man. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, do you have any performances or anything coming up? Re- uh, Soon? In the next in the next while, um, not that are not that are public that I know. Yeah, okay. uh, I know I'll be doing some work with Toronto Community Housing and with the Toronto Public Library. Um, right now, just looking for a new home for the Roots Lounge. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, as yeah, because they shut down the last venue. I heard that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. that's awesome. Jay Jones, take us out. Yeah. Uh, I just it was it was a pleasure to meet you when I did doing spoken word and it was a pleasure to 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 get you to come and speak your piece and, and it was a pleasure to meet your lovely daughter and I'm glad you're doing things so much for the community and teaching something that I hold dear as well is the art of expression. I'm a little bit of a late bloomer. I'm just getting into it myself again, but uh I also enjoy what it does and I find it very empowering and it's good to see someone um, who is, you know, young, growing to be a man, still teaching on what you've learned from your past and passing it on. And that's our job. Like as black people, sometimes is being those griots and passing those stories and and teaching what we're not getting taught. You know what I mean? Because there is a lot of stuff that doesn't get seen or heard and it, yep. it falls on deaf ears so continue the good work and uh thanks so much man all well, right bye, zara you. yeah appreciate you man bye bye <laughs> take, care. take care everybody all right take care man you have been listening to down home Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. From the one down below To the future of the funk Getting lost in the flow Contact with the spot McX Now it's time to flex With the force from the soul Reaching all aspects Getting deep No time to sleep As you reach your next phase Laying it all on the line New trail start to blaze It's a fire inside A brand new path Breaking down the sum to one Feeling free I just laugh The song Breaking new ground From the breakdown Vibe like magic prescribed, only to see the perfect blend like a diamond in the rough. Ready to drop a perfect gem, it's time to shine so fine.